Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar, and 2022 starts the third year of this podcast and corresponding blog. I go through the Bible chapter by chapter, guiding you, even if you've never read the Bible before. Right now, I'm going through the Old Testament prophets, revealing how Bible prophecies that were written 700 years before Christ predict not just what was going to happen back then, but what happened when Jesus came. They even predict the end times and last days that are coming true right now. I pray that as you hear God's word, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Hey, new year, new life. Let's dig in. Daniel 11, part two, precise predictions, prophecies fulfilled and yet to come. So yesterday we covered biblical prophecies in Daniel 11 that were very precise predictions that already came true. They were fulfilled between uh, 312 and 168 BC. Then Daniel's prophetic vision overlaps with the future yet to come. We left off in verse 35. Furthermore, there is a time gap of around 2,100 years between verses 35 and 36. We will recap starting with Daniel 11:31. So let's dig in. Daniel 11, for the appointed time still to come, starting in verse 31. His army will take over the temple fortress, pollute the sanctuary, put a stop to the daily sacrifices, and set up the sacrilegious object that causes desecration or the abomination of desolation. He will flatter and win over those who have violated the covenant, but the people who know their God will be strong and will resist him. Wise leaders will give instructions to many, but these teachers will die by fire and sword, or they will be jailed and robbed. During these persecutions, little help will arrive, and many who join them will not be sincere and some of the wise will fall victim to persecution. In this way, they will be refined and cleansed and made pure until the time of the end, for the appointed time is still to come. Verse 36. The king will do as he pleases, exalting himself and claiming to be greater than every god, even blaspheming the god of gods. He will succeed, but only until the time of wrath is completed. For what has been determined will surely take place. He will have no respect for the gods of his ancestors or for the god loved by women or for any other god, for he will boast that he is greater than them all. Instead of these, he will worship the god of fortresses, a god, of, a god his ancestors never knew, and lavish on him gold, silver, precious stones, and expensive gifts. Claiming this foreign god's help, he will attack the strongest fortresses. He will honor those who submit to him, appointing them to positions of authority and dividing the land among them as their reward. Then at the time of the end, the king of the south will attack the king of the north. The king of the north will storm out with chariots, charioteers, a vast navy. He will invade various lands and sweep through them like a flood. He will enter the glorious land of Israel and many nations will fall, but Moab, Edom, and the best part of Ammon will escape. 
he will conquer many countries and even Egypt will not escape. Now, Moab, Edom, um, and Ammon are all uh, Jordan, the country of Jordan now. Um, he will gain control over the gold, silver, and treasures of Egypt, and the Libyans and Ethiopians, or the Cushites, will be his servants. But then news from the east and the north will alarm him, and he will set out in great anger to destroy and obliterate many. He will stop between the glorious holy mountain and the sea and will pitch his royal tents. But while he is there, his time will suddenly run out and no one will help him. Okay, and that's the end of Daniel 11. Tomorrow we finish Daniel with a rather short chapter in 12, but it's also very, very um, uh, full of prophecies. Okay, so we have what, uh, overlapping prophecies. So first, Antiochus Epiphanes, um, uh, oops, I spelled it wrong there. Okay, so <laughs> I'm, I'm reading from my blog. Um, Antiochus Epiphanes is a type or foreshadowing of the coming Antichrist. And abomination is bringing idolatry or paganism into God's holy temple. For instance, like sacrificing a pig to a pagan god inside the temple. It was filthy and disgusting. It brings desolation because no Jew can enter the temple until it's been properly cleansed and sanctified. No one can enter a desecrated temple. Now, Jesus uses the same phrase in Matthew chapter 24, verse 15. The day is coming when you will see what Daniel the prophet spoke about, the sacrilegious object that causes desecration, the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place. Reader, pay attention. Now, Matthew adds that last phrase as a commentary. Reader, pay attention. Now, Jesus was speaking of the last days, um, an event still in the future. Jesus lived 570 years after Daniel and 200 years after Antiochus IV. He was telling his disciples back then, and Matthew recorded it for future believers, and that's us, to warn us of the events of the latter days. Now, Pastor Sandy Adams comments. Quote, Antiochus' tyranny ended in 165 BC, but for most of Israel's last 2,000 years, the Jews have felt the fires of persecution. Time and time again, anti-Semitism has raised its ugly head. Orchestrated by Satan, his hatred for God's people knows no boundaries or limits. Daniel tells us in verse 35, it will last until the time of the end. Thus, I believe, verses uh, 36 to 45 speak of last day's events like in chapter 9 which we covered a, a few days ago there's a gap of at least 2180 years between verses 35 and 36 here daniel's vision focuses on the worst anti-semite of all the antichrist antiochus demanded that the jews worship his greek gods and may have even claimed to be a god but there's no indication he ever exalted himself over all gods. This is Antiochus's archetype, the Antichrist. In Revelation 13, we're told the Antichrist sets himself up as God and demands that the world worship him. And you're familiar with that particular um, chapter, Revelation 13. Click on over to my blog. I've done a whole study on the book of Revelation. And it's 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 easy to understand. It's not that difficult to understand. Um, continuing uh, with Pastor Sandy Adams's quote, 
It's likely the Antichrist will be an atheist. He'll be the ultimate humanist. His hope is in himself. This is a cryptic phrase, God of fortresses. That's verse 38. This could mean the Antichrist will worship military might. Power and protection will be his God. He starts as a man of peace, but his ultimate goal is war. This foreign god could be his cohort in crime. Revelation 13 speaks of a second beast, a religious personality known as the false prophet. Together, these men will rise to power. Now, personally, I think the false prophet is a pope. Not necessarily this current pope. I think there's one more pope coming. Um, continuing with Sandy Adams' quote. From verse 40 to the chapter's close, the prelude to Armageddon is mapped out. This section describes the movements of troops and some minor skirmishes. That set the stage for the war that ends all wars. Revelation 12 says, at the midpoint of the final seven years of the Great Tribulation, the Antichrist will set up his abomination of desolation in the temple. At that point, God will have had enough. The devil will know that his days are numbered, so he brings the armies of the Antichrist against Israel. Apparently, Edom, Moab, and Ammon escaped the Antichrist to give refuge to the Jews. We're told in Isaiah that the Jews will free to Basra or Edom. That, again, was from Pastor Sandy Adams. Now, this is interesting here. Jesus' next line in Matthew 24 forewarns the Jews. So we're in verse 16. We had just told them, to watch out for the desolation, the, the abomination that causes desecration. Okay, so now we're in verse 16. Then those in Judea must flee to the hills, Basra and Edom. A person out on the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to pack. A person out in the field must not return even to get a quote. How terrible it will be for pregnant women and for nursing mothers in those days. And pray that your flight will not be in the winter or on the Sabbath, for there will be greater anguish than at any time since the world began. And it will never be so great again. In fact, unless the, that time of calamity is shortened, not a single person will survive. But it will be shortened for the sake of God's chosen ones. Um, that is Matthew 24, verses 16 to 22. Now, when um, Pastor Sandy Adams continues, okay, quote, Apparently, upon his invasion, the Antichrist will move his headquarters into the land of Israel between the Mediterranean and Jerusalem. This will raise eyebrows all around the world. The nations will take note of his ambitions and aggressions. He'll have to be stopped. We're told in Revelation 19, the armies of the world will stage for battle in the valley just north of Jerusalem, the Valley of Megiddo. And it's at that time Jesus will return. Rather than fight each other, the armies of the earth will try to fight against the Messiah. But they'd sooner hold back the tide. Christ will destroy his foes with one shimmer of his glory. Satan's kingdom will come to a close. The Antichrist will be cast into the lake of fire. And Satan himself will be chained for 1,000 years. Finally, Satan will be busted, bankrupt. And uh, Pastor Adams concludes, it's fitting to me that his bankruptcy is recorded here in chapter 11. Again, that's from Pastor Sandy Adams. If you want to click on over to my blog, and the link to the blog is in the show notes, um, I have a link to his full message on this chapter 11. Precise predictions. 
since all the prophecies that we covered yesterday were already fulfilled, it can be believed with assurance that the future ones will be fulfilled also. It's time to choose sides. First of all, saved born-again believers will not be around when the Antichrist starts rising to power. The rapture will happen before them. The question is, will you be left behind? Now, don't think it'll be an exciting time. If you'd like to see what it may be like, check out my fictional series, After the Rapture, and you can click on over to my blog, and I've got a, a link to it there. It's just It's a fictional series of what it will be like moments after the rapture for different people groups around the world. So if you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way nonstop ticket to heaven after you die or that you won't be left behind at the rapture, which can happen in any moment, what you have to do is invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and confident hope of eternal life. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. There's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog. Click where it says, how to invite Jesus into your heart. And at the bottom of today's blog, I, I embedded two videos from Amir Sarfati. One of them is living on the edge of Armageddon, because he actually does live. He lives in Galilee, and he lives like, you know, a couple of miles from the Valley of Megiddo, where this whole Armageddon is going to be. So this is a really, it's a short, it's actually a short video. And then he's got a full teaching on how close are we to the rapture? So both of these are in the bottom. Okay, so if you're not sure, you gotta watch these teachings. Okay, soli deo gloria, to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times, but know that things aren't falling apart. They are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20 to 22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. 
Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.